and it was um, Vin Diesel talking, and he talks about going to the movies again and everything. Family. He does. Yep, he drops a family. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> From the mountains to the east to the caves to the west, you're listening to the real WTH show. Fresh cut grass, dirt, and love. The quality, consistency, and the price. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Real WTH Show, episode number sixty-six. Oh, three more, three more. We're almost there. I still gotta talk to Sosa. I know. Well, people are probably like wondering, like, okay, it's a number, guys, but it's not just a number; it's a comedy number. <laughs> yeah, big we'll things happen. Find, we'll have to find something good to talk about. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not a Patreon episode, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so I am Tommy. I'm your host on the East Coast, and Wilson is on the West Coast. How are you, bud? Oh, I'm good. Yeah? How was had, your week? Oh, oh it's, it was a lot of sleepless nights, Uh-oh. staying up, writing notes for oh, the show. Yeah. yeah, I heard. I heard. Yeah. I, Actually, I was th- it was only like three nights, but... Well, that's how many days you have off sometimes. Yeah. Because I and know I that did, I did half of it last week. So I was, when you said that, I was thinking someone else was breaking into your house. Oh, no, not again. I'm pretty sure I would have heard about that, though. Yeah. In the news, because they would have got shot. Right. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want in the news right now is more people getting shot. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah. So, dude, I turned 40 on Friday. Yeah. And I remembered. Kind you of. you did you did um yeah. and you got me something that i haven't gotten yet but I'm i did very get you excited. something i i totally forgot about that yeah i am very excited about it um because i got and, myself the same thing right and it's actually a throwback to i would say a much simpler time with you and i uh yeah yeah back when we worked for loomis we would be reading the same books essentially and yep. And our favorite author is coming out with a new book, and it sounds amazing. And I'm it's pretty about video game. I know, right? When you said that, I was like, dude, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, this is going to be crazy. But I'm what, what? What's the name of the book again? Uh, play dead. Play, play dead. Okay, by Ted that's Decker. A, that's a yeah. That's the same name of the game that he talks about. So, okay. Yeah. Now he he's he's I'm not. Wilson and I will we'll do a show on on him and his vast um I guess written something like 40 books now. Yeah, he's a Christian author but he's like the Christian Stephen King. Yeah. It's like weird cuz like, But not even Stephen King because I mean Stephen King you mostly know what he's going to write about. Right. Ted Decker could do a serial killer book then right. turn around and do a sci-fi book. Right. And then turn around and do 
uh, I don't know, something completely different. But when I say Stephen King, I mean, like, you'll be reading a book and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, is that the same person from the other book? He oh, like- yeah. And it in the description of this book, it says th- there are some people who've already read it, you know, and reviewed uh-huh. on it. And they said it is it's classic Decker um, twists and turns. And then somehow he finds a way to to bring in other parts of different books into this book. So. Yeah, because I just started reading Stephen King's The Stand, the really, really long book about the virus. Yeah. And uh, one of the characters name in it is Bill Hanscom, which is, uh, I believe, uh, I don't know if it's the actual kid or if it's like a family member of like the fat kid from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm like, wow, like it just he does a lot of stuff, a little crossover in his old old things and stuff. But I mean, speaking of air dusters. You want to get into our? Oh, okay. Yeah. You mean <laughs> our world famous segment? Yeah. I was like, we weren't talking about. Oh, cheers I get it. and cheers. <laughs> awesome. Well, I was wanting you to actually do do the uh, segue. I was waiting for you to do it. I was like, I know that we got a lot to get to today. Um, we do. Well, yeah, we got one big thing to get to. Yeah, it's gonna it. be awesome. Hopefully, but, uh, I'm I'm hoping I can portray this story in a way that is interesting enough for people to keep listening. Because yeah. this this has quickly become one of my favorite like myths slash I don't know. Well, my, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite stories, basically. We'll let the statistics, uh, you know, prove yeah. that. If I see like 500 listens on this one episode the day it releases, I'm like, dude, Wilson, more of that. <laughs> So what are we'll you see. drinking, dude? Uh, so I finally made my way back to Thin Line. Um, he's got a few new beer. I mean, he's he's been rolling out with some new beers. Um, and this is actually a double IPA. And um, it is called Drunk Majestic Buffalo. And it is 8.4% and has an IBU of 83 I wonder if Corey was drunk when she named that. No. So there's a story behind it. So I guess somebody on some type of message or email, something she, they got in t- contact with her and asked if they were allowed to um, eat inside or drink inside the brewery, you know? And she sent a message back saying, no, you cannot wander around the room like a drunk majestic Buffalo. And I guess other people saw it and said, that's what you should name your next beer. So here it is. That's like me saying one of the receivers at one of my stores the other day had the IQ of a lima bean. I just came, this is the first thing that came up to me. I was like, I was like, she has the IQ of a lima bean. I'm like, why did I pick lima bean? Out of everything <laughs> I could have said? Um, this one smells wonderful. You would love it. Tommy. Is that that grass dirt and love? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of which, there's dandelions everywhere here. <laughs> so uh, every time I walk outside, I'm like, "Ooh, it's Wilson's beer." Yeah. Um. So I tried this yesterday when I was there, and I don't know if a day makes a difference, but it was it was it was all right yesterday. But today I feel like it tastes better. And I was talking to Scott. He said this isn't his favorite double IPA that he's done. 
Um, so he said next time he's going to tweak the recipe a little bit. But actually, it tastes a lot better today. I'm surprised that they can make IPAs right now because aren't there still travel bans? Are you still not allowed to travel to different countries? Um, so they um, send a picture of the beer now oh. to, yeah, to India. And then they send it back. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes That's sense. how they get around that. Yeah. Okay. There's always a loophole somewhere. Those just tuning in have no idea what we're talking about. No, that's an old inside joke from yeah. like episode like three. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> like episode six. Yeah. Or, or nine. Go listen to all of them. There's, there's, there's a lot of uh, stuff to listen to, to get caught up on. Um, this has like a, a good smooth initial taste and then it's got a good like bitter note at the end. Um, I like it. It's it's probably not my favorite I double IPA that he's made. Um pretty sure there's other ones that I've liked more. But this is right there in the realm of like a four point oh. Okay. I think. Yeah. Four point and and this is a new one to them? Yeah, this is new. Okay. So with that. I remember my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough. it. I got it for you, buddy. Yeah. So cool. Well, that's, um, I like that name though. I think it's, it's definitely unique. Yeah. And I don't I, know if there's another drunk, majestic Buffalo beer out there. I mean, you could say that's like my nickname. Cause I'm Cherokee Indian. His name is Tommy also goes as, Drunk, majestic Drunk, buffalo. Buffalo, yeah, yeah. Um, from Mount, come on, I want a Leia. <laughs> you just mixed Hawaiian and Cherokee. I did, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm actually drinking out of my awesome Thin Line Brewing cup that I got before I um left there. Um, a new one today. It is a, a Food Lion brand uh, sparkling water, but it's raspberry. Rasp, yeah, I pronounced Berry? the P in raspberry. Oh, okay, um, I haven't had it yet, so this is this is the first. Oh, that's first actually taste. ice. It's actually ice because I just got it like an hour ago, so it's not cold yet. So I put it on ice. So can you hear that? Oh, yeah, listen, that fully work. Okay, that's, hold up, that's gonna affect the taste though. I'm gonna take a sip. So hold up. Okay, that's what I thought it would taste like. That reminds me of like those New York seltzer waters. When I was little, they had those little New York seltzer waters. And there was always a raspberry one, and I always loved it. That's what it reminds me of. I'm sure if I drink it without the ice, it, it's a little watered down, you know? It'll yeah. be perfect. Uh, I like it, though. Uh, it's hard to tell because because uh, I have the ice in it. It is refreshing. Um, I'm going to give it like a maybe uh, like an eight. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not bad at all. It, it's pretty good. <laughs> They're, they're, they have so many others there that I could try, but uh, a lot of them are like Blackberry something. Oh, I did get a new AHA today. Uh, it was the Black Tea Mango. Yep. I haven't had I that have. one yet. That one's my favorite. And then there's a Raspberry Acai one, but... Uh, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, it might... <laughs> my wife was like, I don't know about that one. I'm like, I don't Black know Tea Mango has caffeine as well. So. I know. So I might be drinking one of those bad boys on my way to work tomorrow. It's getting a little hot out for a coffee. Oh, uh, you got to work tomorrow? Yeah. I don't. 
some of us don't have um many vacations every week wilson hey i have a real job yeah well, where, you do. You, where you work on the weekends so you do and i appreciate you um so with that i'm gonna kick it over to my friend in the bayou it's clean it's cold and that's what i call high quality tool. bobby boucher everybody bobby boucher so as you can tell we're just trying to get this going because wilson has pages upon pages last episode he had 15 pages of research yeah and last night he sent me a thing it was like 13 pages of notes on just that research yeah. so um i'm gonna get going on my cheers real quick this one's uh local to me i'm not quite sure how local uh but it's uh i'm not sure where where it's at here but uh, it says here, a New England teenager is being credited for saving a 12-year-old boy who was more than 800 miles away. Um, I'm probably going to um, butcher his last name. Caden Cotnor, 13, of Gilmanton, New Hampshire, was watching a TikTok live stream of Trent Jarrett riding his four-wheeler in West Virginia when Jarrett crashes ATV. All of a sudden, his phone goes kind of blank. You can see a little <laughs> bit of light, and you just hear him yelling for help, um, Cottonor said. Um, Cottonor said he follows uh, the West Virginia 12-year-old because of his shared interest in hunting, fishing, and four-wheeling. Uh, and during the stream, Cottonor said he could hear Jarrett calling um, out numbers. I was yelling out my grandparents' house phone number, Trent said, adding it was the only one he could remember off the top of his head. Um, and so... Uh, he, the Cottonor basically called that number and uh, got a hold of the grandparents. Um, I guess Jarrett was trapped underneath the ATV for about 20 minutes. Um, and uh, the, the family located him and uh, he got some cuts and bruises and stuff. I think he's pretty much okay. Uh, the boys haven't, haven't met. Uh, it says right here that they're uh, the two boys haven't previously met before a face-to-face -face zoom call on Monday. Uh, but you know, I, I like that story because I tend to give social media a pretty, a, a lot of crap, you know, because it's used for a lot of negativity, especially now, like, man, like today it's just brutal. But when I hear of, you know, especially as such a young kid like that, like they have a shared interest in ATV and, and hunting and fishing and stuff. Those are all, uh, pretty awesome things for kids to be i think uh interested in yeah and they share a, a, a like and i'm sure I'm, I'm hoping that they have like a lifelong friendship because of this now but he, he used that platform and and he's like most kids be like oh well i don't know what happened to him and just click and go but he's like he, he saved that kid's life yeah it's pretty cool um a lot of people don't know um, they're, or they're too afraid to jump in and help out. And so I also want to cheers uh, his parents because they, again, we like to do that here where if we see a, a young person do something good, they learn that from someone, whether it be in a grandparent, parent, sibling, whoever. So whoever has taught them that, you know, cheers to you as well, because um, it's what we need right now more in this world and less of this negative garbage. So, yeah. but that's Caden Cottonor. You got something? I, I I can't remember it. I know I had something, but I can't remember. It was probably fire. It was. It was so but, good. You know, I'm saving all the fire for later. So okay. So yeah. with well, 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 then with that, 
Um, we're going to give Caden Cotnor the uh, real WTH cheers. Boom. So before we get he, going, he, he needs to come on episode 69. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong <laughs> sound clip <laughs> um so before we get going uh because i'm gonna let you take the the, the helm there is, i'm gonna play i'm gonna go 30 seconds with it um and i want you i want i want to get your reaction on this i'm not gonna tell you anything about it and then i want to ask you a few questions afterwards uh so here we go it's it's a song tell me if you're ready I bet I've heard this. I don't think you have. Here we go. I think I have. I've heard it. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the song. This is the song that the AI made, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So they did it with, with a bunch of like three different bands slash singers. Yeah, so those of you guys that heard that song, you were like, okay, it's Nirvana. It's not. <laughs> it's not. No. It, it, it's, it's, they use like an, some sort of algorithm, right? Yeah. Where they, they brought like a bunch of, they took like, it like listened to every single Nirvana song, might have even listened to some Pearl Jam or, or something, and it created this song. And Did the same thing with Amy Winehouse, I think. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And that kind of bothers me because you know how like we were talking uh, a lot of episodes ago where we said how they digitally superimpose like, like uh, what was it? Rogue One, where at the very, very end, it was Princess Leia. We're like, oh, I don't know about that, man. Like she's, she's dead, man. Like, yeah, let, let people die. Like, don't you don't need to bring them back like that. You think they're going to bring back Paul Walker in this Fast and Furious? Well, no, because they did that one at the very, very end when he was driving away. Yeah. And and that was, I guess that was his brother. Do you think they're going to mention him at all? Oh, I know they do because in the uh, preview, they, because the preview just dropped. In the preview, they show uh, uh, Dom looking at a photo of him. I I heard an ad on the radio for this. And it was um, Vin Diesel talking, and he talks about going to the movies again and everything. Family. He does. Yep, he drops a family. No, he ad. doesn't. <laughs> he does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find that. That was actually one of the clips I was trying to find. I was like, I gotta get family in there. <laughs> yeah, ride or die. It ends tonight, or uh, one last ride, or he could just go. I am Groot. Yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, the, the whole AI thing, man, I, I don't dig it. Um, it doesn't sound good. Um, I've never been a fan of Nirvana. I'm sorry if you are. I, I just could not get into them. Um, I don't think I, I don't understand a word Kurt Cobain says. I mean, granted, if you know the music that I listen to, you're nobody like, does now. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, that is Wilson. You could find him at area code. 916 <laughs> but actually it's not even 916 my bad um you're you're, you're, yeah, you're a, not. yeah you're a different area code um <laughs> i got hoes different area codes um but uh like i said like just it, it doesn't sound right uh and, and man like let things die let things become classic and just even though like i said i'm not a fan of the beatles either but don't try to like redo that. They did actually do that with the Beatles a long time ago with a song. 
I think it was called like uh, not free bird, but it was like free as a bird or something like that. And I'm like, don't do it. Just stop. Like it, it, it's, it's, I know what they're trying to do. And like with this whole deep fake thing, it's like, do we don't even know if this is real or not. And someone could easily cash in on something like that and just say like, Oh, this is unreleased Nirvana. I'm like, no, it's not man. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I wasn't really too afraid to play it. Cause I'm like, who's going to sue me for, playing a sound clip a computer <laughs> okay alexa yeah so but that was literally all i had brought to the show today i don't have that much oh you don't you better not do that because like I, I left this up to you <laughs> okay so last week i love I so left left you guys with a little teaser that you probably did not get anything out of you were probably just like this is weird right Oh, yeah. Because you have no idea what I'm going to talk about today. No, I have another computer pulled up right here just to, uh, you know, try to figure out, like, while you're talking, I could do a little bit of research or type something up to see pictures or something because I have no idea. I've got all the research. Um, So tonight or today, today for me, tonight for you, we're going to talk about the Doddleston messages. Have you ever heard of these? No, but I just say Doddleston one more time. Doddleston. How do you spell that? D O D L E S T O N. Um, and they're called the Doddleston messages because that is the village where this all takes place. It's a rural village on the border of Wales and England, and it's just got a bunch of small cottages and like repurposed farm buildings, not that big at all. Um, and then the main the main character, I mean, there's. Is that one of the Donaldson villages villagers? Yeah. Uh, so the main characters, there's three of them. Um, but the main guy who owns this house that we're going to be talking about, his name's Ken Webster. And he was an economics teacher at how how warden. Like sure. warden, but with a ha at the beginning. Uh, high school, which was 11 miles to the northwest of Doddleson. And he lived in Meadow Cottage. His little house cottage thing had a name, Meadow Cottage, with his girlfriend, Debbie Oaks, who is the second person in the story. And then their roommate, Nicola Baguli, which he really isn't a part of the story. I think he ends up leaving at some point. So we don't really need to remember him. But Ken and Debbie are two of the main people. And then the third main guy will uh, come in a little later. So, um, Ken bought Meadow Cottage. He started to renovate it. And in 1984, he was finally able to move in. Um, There were some weird things that happened with this house. Initially, when they moved in, he was walking through the house and he looks over and on the wall, he can see what looks like footprints just walking up the wall. Like as they're they're going or they're already there. they're already there. Okay. But he can, they're like walking up the wall and then onto the ceiling and then they disappear. And um, at first he's like, oh, this is probably just grime because it's an old house, you know? So <laughs> sure, he goes, yeah. that's first thing I think. Yeah. Someone oh, just grime footprint up the were, ceiling. They were weird footprints too because they had six toes. Well, I know some people. I had an ex girlfriend one time. So <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that's probably why he's like, oh, this is probably just crime because you know not uh, too many people have six toes, and not too many people can walk on walls and ceilings. Chris so Angel. he paint, 
<laughs> he paints over them. The next day, they return. Same spot. That's weird. And he painted over them again. And then they didn't come back after that. So the second time he painted, they didn't come back. Yeah. So that was that was uh, the initial thing that was weird about the house. Um, over the next few weeks, he started to find different household items like kitchen items, pots and pans, like uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, pantry items, stuff like that. He'd come home and these things would be stacked in towers and they'd be like, like, I don't know if you can see this. Let's see if I can try and do this. So like you can see my microphone, right? There'd mm-hmm. be something like stacked here. And then something on top of that, something that's like, oh, so not like no, on a flat surface. It, it would no, it's something. it's like it, it's like an impossible way to stack stuff. But like it, those little rocks you see people stacking in like creeks. Yeah, but even even weirder than that because okay. you're like that should be falling right now, but it's not right. So stuff stacked on not a flat surface. Yeah, well, I mean, it was flat surface, but the way that they were stacked on top of each other, it shouldn't have been together. Okay, what I'm saying so. Um. That happened happened quite a bit, but um, Ken initially just chalked it up. He was a musician as well. He had a lot of friends, and they used to play pranks on each other, so he chalked it up to his musician friends coming in and playing pranks on him. Um, and uh, Ken's girlfriend, wife, whatever she is, Debbie, um, and Nicola, Nicola? What was that guy's name? Their roommate. Uh, they were they were writers and they would do like comedy sketches and like theater stuff. And at the school where Ken taught, the IT department had BBC microcomputers. Have you ever heard of these? It's like no, the very first. So this British, is 1984. British yeah. Broadcasting Company? No, I don't think it has anything to do with okay. that. Just some computer company from back in the 80s. But it was like the first one of the first computers that were like household computers. Um, but his IT department had some of them. So every weekend he, they would let him borrow one. He'd bring it home, set it in the kitchen and, um, Debbie and the roommate would like type out their sketches and stuff. They used a program called Edward, but the word is W O R D not like the name. I get it. Yeah, you get it. That's a, that's creative, a writing actually. software, but it was an old computer. It ran off of floppy disks. So I you had those. Like, well, these, it was like even before that, it was a floppy type disk that you had to put in there and it would not save unless you had it on there. And then once you pulled that out, you'd start from the beginning. Like, yeah, it, it was weird. Uh, 160 kilobytes of data that the floppy disk could hold. Oof. And it had 32 kilobytes of RAM and had a two megahertz processor. Nice. Sounds yeah. about as much as my Mac has right now. <laughs> um, so one day, Ken, he brought the computer home, set it up in the kitchen. Um, and then the three of them decided, hey, let's go to the pub, get a drink. And when they left, they accidentally left the computer on. Um, when they came back, uh, they looked at the computer. They're like, oh, no, we left it on. But they look and they're like, oh, someone used it while we were gone. And... um on the screen was the first message, which was what I read you the last time. And uh, I'll read it again for you real quick. Oh, so that was all one message. It wasn't like this is, this is the first message they got. Um, it was saved under on the, on the floppy disk under the file KDN, which 
I don't, I mean, I'm guessing Ken Debbie Nick because that's how it starts out. Um, but it says, Ken Debbie Nick, true are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks. Pussycat, pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. So that was the first message that was on there. Um, and they had no idea who did it. Ken was kind of thinking somebody like was pranking him again, you know, coming in, doing the stacking stuff, and then saw the computer and boom, typed out a little message. Um, so they kept having his instances like that with the towers and everything. Um, got closer to like spring, like February. Um, and Ken noticed that these instances of the stuff getting stacked and weird things in the house, it was kind of centralized around this brick pillar that was in the kitchen. Um, but he, he just kept thinking that it was his friends playing tricks on him. Um, but in February of 85, Ken and Debbie went out. They came home and noticed someone had used the computer again. Um, he looked at the drive and saw a file named RE8, R-E-A-T-E. And the writing was in all caps with no punctuation. And Tommy, I'm going to make you read this one. So oh, before you read this. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks big because it's in the chat. It's, it's actually not that much. Oh, but like before you read this. Bible. <laughs> yeah. Before you read this, um, just know that most of these words that are on here are actual words that are just spelled differently. And I think it's like old English or something like that. Should I say so, it like I'm a lord? If you can, I mean, like I'm, like I'm in the house of Stark. Yeah, if you want to. Oh, dude, but go ahead and try and read it. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, here we go. I write on behalf of many what strange words thou speak, although I must confess that I hath also been ill schooled. Sometimes methinks was that. Is that like uh it sounds like it's like a charge our beings? Yeah. Sometimes me thinks. Uh, <laughs> sometimes me thinks alterations are somewhat barful for they break many as sleeps in mine bed. Um thou art got a goodly man who hath fanciful woman who dwell in mine home. I hath no want to affray, for only scythe mine half witted antic has ripped. At Wayne, mine bound hath I been wreath a night. You're killing me. Um, <laughs> I have seen many alterations. Lastly, charge house and thy home. Tis a fitting place with lights which devil maketh and costly things that only mine friend Edmund Gray, oh, that's someone's name, Edmund Gray can afford or the king himself. Twas a was a great crime to have bribed mine house lw so that is the second message and this is actually one that's kind of i mean if you look at it and um later on they, they get a guy that looks into these messages and kind of translates them a little bit into like modern english so they're a little bit easier to listen to and like figure out um but that won't happen for a while so he, he talks about um he, he knows that Ken and Debbie are there 
and he's saying that they're in his house. Um, he talks about uh, the lights which the devil makes, um, which I think he's talking about the computer because he can see the computer. Um, and then he talks about this Edmund Gray guy. Um, but he signs it LW. So they still don't know who this is. Um, and then Ken, he was actually quoted saying, whatever it meant, whatever Debbie or Nick felt about it, it sang to me. It wasn't a coldness or dark apprehensiveness on this occasion. After the initial shock, I became absorbed by it. So he really wants to figure out what's going on. And uh, he kind of. And where was this next, written on? This was on the computer screen. This was actually on the computer screen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he starts to talk to people about it. He goes to work where he works at the high school and um, people hear about it. And that's when our third main character enters the story. His name is Peter Trender. Um, initially, he went up to Ken and said, hey, tell me the truth. Are you lying about this? Is this a hoax? Ken told him, I do not know who wrote this. Um, so Peter's like, all right, I want to try and look in this because he was interested in the language. Um, so he did, decided to study it and came to the conclusion that it was written in early modern English hand. Um, Peter asked Ken that if there were any other messages that popped up to let him know so that he could study them. Um, so a week later, Ken and one of his friends decided, you know what, this guy's writing to us. What if we write our own message to him? Um, Cause they want to figure out who it was and everything. So he decides to write and um he he asked the guys the guy whoever it is a bunch of questions to try and figure out who he is and ken said in the reign of queen elizabeth ii dear lw thank you for your message we are sorry for disturbing you what would you like us to do did you live in a house on this land about 1620 do you want us to tell you more about our time why write a poem who was edward gray is he related to the egerton family do you have a family? Is the King James or Charles Stewart? What is the charge house? Was this village called Doddleston in your life? And how many families lived here? Thank you very much for your messages. Thank you for not making us afraid. Ken, Debbie, and John. John was uh, the friend that came over and decided, let's, let's write him a message. So John left. Ken and Debbie left the house for a little bit to try and see if that would cause a reply to happen. And when they came home, this was on the screen. You're going to read this one too, Tommy. Okay. Now you said Edward Gray, but my thing here says Edmund. Is that two different people? I don't know. This says Edward. Huh? Okay. Maybe it was just a translation thing. When I'm reading this, I feel like I'm watching one of Steph's like Bridgerton shows or Downton Abbey's. There this you go. That one's not, not as long. This one's not, yeah, not as long. Oh, they even talk about LeBron at the end there. Uh, was an honest farm of oak and stone. It is helpful. It is helpful that you should tell me about thy time. Dost thou hath horse? Edmund Gray, brother of John Gray, lives at Kinter or Kintertone Hall. The king of Cores is Henry. Uh, what's that? Uh, Roman Eight. numeral Henry Eighth, who is six and forty. I knee woot of King James. So, because you said that last one they asked, is it King James or yeah. someone or else? Or Charles Stewart. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, sorry. I didn't get all of it in there. So the last part of it says, mine charge house is a place of lore. And then he signs it this time, LW, and he puts a date, March 28th, 1521. Okay. So he's writing this as he's at his house in the year 1521. So um, there are a couple things about this reply that, that Ken thought was strange. Um, in 1521, Henry VIII was only 30 years old. In the reply, it says he's 46. Um, so Ken passed the message on, on to his friend Peter. Um, he confirmed that Kinnertone Hall wasn't built until the 17th century, and Peter couldn't find any mention of Edmund Gray in any records. So a lot of this stuff has inconsistencies in the reply, like different years for different things. Some of the stuff he's talking about isn't even built yet. Um, but we'll get into more about that later on. Um, but this, this reply is what caused Ken and Debbie to feel like it was an actual intruder and they weren't really speaking with any, some kind of like time traveling ghost person. Um, Ken borrowed the computer the next weekend for the purpose of trying to speak with LW again. And he received another message from him, which spoke about LW's wife had died and some of the people that he knew and weirdly for some reason brought up the quality of the cheese at the time, which is kind of weird. Um, but Ken and Peter were able to cross-reference some of the things that LW talked about with records from census, from the census and maps. Um, LW spoke of his house being made from wet red stone, which was weird because while renovating the cottage, um, the builder dug up some red sandstone bricks in the garden that lo looked like they had extended out from the house. So it's definitely like the same house, and it's weird that somebody would know that actual part of it because the the redstone was buried you know nobody knew about it except for the builder really and ken and debbie um so and it, this is uh, in talking to lw ken and debbie figure out that lw is thinking the same thing about ken and debbie that they are thinking about him lw thinks that they are intruders in his house and they're messing with him so it's weird. They're going kind of back and forth trying to figure out who the other person is. Um, and they're kind of doing the same thing. Um, uh, oh, and then talking with Peter, uh, he thought that the dialect that LW used was from the West Country. And he asked Ken to include a reference to Bristol in his reply. LW wrote back and said that he actually grew up in Bristol and signed off the message with his full name this time, Lucas Wayneman. Wayneman? Yeah. So they had an actual name now to go off of. So they started to look into that. Um, but Ken, Debbie, and Peter thought it was weird that some references and words so far in the message were out of the time frame for when Lucas was apparently saying that he was from. But Peter was impressed with the speed that the replies were coming in and the consistency in the language. So this it wasn't like they type something out and like two days later they get a reply from it. It was, they were typing things out and 30 minutes later they get a reply. So and, it was almost real time. Yeah, almost. And it's, and you have to think about it back then, like, yeah, it's a computer, but this wasn't hooked up to any type of internet. There was nothing like that at that time. It was this basically was a calculator. In. 
<laughs> yeah, it was plugged into an outlet. That was it. It was basically a typewriter with a screen. That's right. all it was. Um, so their thinking is there's no way that they can just make up these questions and ask this guy this, and he comes up with the answers out of, out of the blue. If somebody was trying to fake them out and play this hoax on them, there's no way that he would have all this knowledge, you know? Um, so they're kind of warming up to the idea that this could actually be a real thing that's happening. Um, but um, problems they were having were they couldn't trace any of the names in any messages. They couldn't find anyone who lived during that time with that name, not even Lucas Wayman or anything like that. Um, and throughout all this happening, um, the, the stacking stuff in the house kept continuing. Um, and Ken and Debbie started to think that it was poltergeist made Debbie feel unsafe, so unsafe that she rented a house away from the cottage th so that they could sleep easier. Um, and then, uh, oh, they end up getting a message from Lucas and uh, he thought that they were the intruders is where he talks about it. Says, I knowest not where thou came from or whither will ye go, nor do I hath accounting for why you beest in my home but thou art a goodly visitor and you may abide as long as you like so he still thinks they're intruders maybe some type of ghost or something like that but he's like you're not messing with me you're not hurting me so you can stay um at about this time lucas also starts telling them about his servant that he has there he thinks he's going crazy or that he was some kind of savant like either speaking with demons or able to talk to the dead somehow because um so the way that lucas uses this computer he can see it he's the only person that can see it it's sitting in the same spot where ken and debbie set it in their kitchen sitting in the same spot in his he can see it he doesn't type on it though he he tells them that he he thinks words and they end up on the screen or he can speak the words out loud and they'll end up on the screen for him so um, nobody else can see it, though. But eventually, Lucas ends up teaching other people, even though they can't see it, how to use the machine. Because they'll end up being more, more messages from different people uh, later on here. So like I said, the replies kept coming faster and faster. And they said, for sure, there's no time for people to look all this stuff up. Um, during one of the messages, Ken told Lucas about cars and other modern inventions and put a picture from a magazine on the computer with his message. Ken left and came back, and the reply on the screen said this. This is kind of funny. There you go, Tommy. Read that one. So he placed a, a picture of a jag Jaguar on the computer saying, I wonder if he can see this too. And this it, was the response he got. Mine goodly friend or friend. I hath fond thy cart portraying, portraying, but tis a crude thing for without mine horse, it shall not gone far. Oh, he thinks that's supposed to, a horse is supposed to pull it. Yeah. <laughs> I get um, it. So this, this did a couple things. Proved to Ken that he could send things to Lucas as well. Um, but after inspecting the picture when he came home, he noticed that it was charred and brittle. Like it was very old, like it went to Lucas's time and then like the back. actual photo itself and, and aged. Yeah. So um, if I, if I had like, say I had 
say this was a photo right here and I scanned it or whatever and sent it to you. And then I, I'm all right, cool. And I put it down and come back. This thing is like all old and wrinkly. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so Lucas, he asked about the picture as well. He wondered what it was made from. And he also included a recipe for Ken and Debbie. And it was for pumps with pastry and peas. Mm, and I love pumps. also, <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Shoes. Also, Oh, okay. I think the Satan shoes. Also, he told Ken <laughs> that he studied at Jesus College in Oxford and gave Ken the name of the local lawman. All things that Ken could look into and try and verify. Um, at one point, Ken and Debbie ended up hearing footsteps. They, they, this is more of the, like the poltergeist stuff, but they heard stuff like footsteps over the roof of the kitchen. Went to check, could never find anyone. There were no signs of an intruder. And no sounds in the area that could be mistaken for like a knocking or a footprint. So weird things like that kept happening to him. Um, and luckily now, Tommy, uh, Peter was translating these these messages into modern English. And I got most of them that way. So you don't have to like try and figure out what you're reading. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I um, feel like I was nailing it though. <laughs> yeah. On March 10th, 1985, uh, Lucas sent a message and seemed angry. This is what he said. My friend, pray, what strange demon are you? I am so confused. You're goodly, I feel, but your lies frighten me much. You said you are alive, but this is not so. I have no wish to accuse you, but you said also that you're an educated man and that you know my friend Erasmus, but you do not mention my misspelt words. If you were alive, you would say you know not of Jesus College. So Lucas questions some more things, some modern things, but then ends by saying, it is not that it is not I that make you afraid. It is you that makes me afraid. So this is when Ken and Debbie realize that Lucas the whole time has been playing them and trying to insert all these uh, this misinformation into his messages to see if Ken and Debbie are actually who they say they are. So all the things that they're trying to look up that they can't find stuff for, and they're going, why can't we find anything on this? It's because he did that on purpose because he was testing them. Mm -hmm. um, so Ken immediately lifted the fears to Lucas, and in turn, Lucas told them he actually studied at Brazenose College, not Jesus College. Ken and Debbie told Peter, and Peter was excited. He suggested that they get in touch with the Society for Psychical Research to have the whole thing investigated. Um, a couple days after that, Debbie had her own activity to account for. Uh, it, it's, it's good to hear. It's, it's weird. And there's another story that kind of gets, that goes with Debbie that I didn't really get into that much, but I'll kind of go over it. Um, but I'm going to read this first. On this night, the disturbance manifested itself as small tapping noises on the door to the kitchen, which I kept bolted when I was alone. It made me edgy, but I put some music on and they seemed to disappear. When all was quiet, I took a look under the floor into the kitchen to check if the coast was clear in the hope that I could go and make a coffee. Sure that all seemed clear, I put the main light on, brazenly barged into the kitchen and made a drink. No problems. I came back into the lounge and sat down with the coffee. 
At that instant, I felt a prickly coldness against the left side of my face and neck and something pulled at my hair. I thought it was my collar at first until it persisted another four times then stopped. It happened so quickly I wasn't sure what to think until a few seconds later I felt a slight pressure gripping my shoulder that was unbearable. I knew someone was still left of me but could not see at the corner of my eye. I turned round and nothing was there. I ran outside the house and waited for Ken to return. The cold, damp rain didn't bother didn't bother me as much as the house. Um, and then after this happened, Debbie also started to have dreams of Lucas being in the kitchen of the cottage. And there's some weird things that go on with that. Like she ends up kissing him in one of the dreams, and like it, it's weird. There's a whole another story about that that people could look up if they want to hear it. Um, but this actually, this whole story is on. Did you ever watch Out of This World? It was a BBC, like, unsolved mysteries type show. Oh no, I'm <laughs> no, I'm thinking of a of a old '80s sitcom with the girl that would touch her fingers together and everything would pause. Oh. That, but I think it was called Small Wonder. Uh, it sounds familiar. I don't think I've ever seen it. I was always, I was always into unsolved mysteries. So the, it's it's kind of like an unsolved mysteries, but for BBC, it wasn't very good. But they actually did a story on this, and they they really go into that Debbie Lucas dream thing, and it's really weird. But I'm not going to talk about it. Um, Peter kept trying to find record of Lucas at Brazenose College, but he kept coming up with nothing, which we'll find out later why. Um, Ken uh, talked about this with Lucas. Lucas gave names of friends who went there, and Ken thought that records might not be complete for the college because i mean that's back in the 1500s he's like they probably don't have exact records and some stuff probably got lost so he's like this isn't that big of a deal but at least now he's kind of like telling me the truth in a way um but i uh oh and then this is this is why i was talking about how Lucas started to teach other people how to use the machine. So he had told a friend about what was happening and Ken and Debbie received a message from him that said, the fashion of our time is such that I will not give my own name nor Lucas's true description and name. So with this, if what he says is right, that means that Lucas is not his actual name. Yeah. He's, he's portraying someone else. So that's why they're not able to find any record of him at Brazenose. Um, after all this happened, SPR, which was this, the the Society for Psychical Research or whatever I said before, um, they they wanted to start research. So Debbie had her mother and brother there to verify the happenings. Um, this is the statement from her mother: My son and I arrived at Meadow Cottage at approximately seven forty-five p.m. on April fifteenth, nineteen eighty-five. A few minutes later, a friend of Mr. Webster's called at the front door for something. After a few words were exchanged between my daughter and the caller, he left and we three, my daughter, Debbie, my son, and myself, went into the kitchen. We checked the windows and doors in the kitchen and bathroom. The back door was locked with a chain on the inside. The windows were closed, including the skylights, though we did not have time to check to see if they were locked. When we then gave our attention to the computer... All previous entries on the disk were inspected. Debbie typed a few lines on the screen, and as far as we knew, there was nothing entered after that. I felt cold at times, and at one stage was shivering. We all kept our coats on, 
is there were no fire in, in the hearth. We went into the kitchen again at 9 p.m. And we saw a small, and we all saw a new entry displayed starting with a poem. We were short of time and I was unable to understand all that was entered at that time, but did manage to read and understand one or two lines. We then left the cottage. So this is another instance where they brought somebody in. Granted, it's Debbie's family, her Real mom. Quick, and yeah. what, was that, what was that date? Uh, April 10th, April 15th. You know, was that's today, right? Is it? It says April 15th. No, really? Yeah. Oh, it is. That's weird. <laughs> I was like, it's the anniversary. <laughs> did, did not plan this like that at all. Um, so they actually got somebody else there who actually saw it happen. Granted, it was the mom and brother of Debbie, but it was somebody else that wasn't initially tied to it. Um, then Ken also asked for someone from the school to come verify. So Frank Davies agreed, and um, this is his statement. At 8 p.m., a noticeable drop in temperature occurred, which lasted some two or three minutes. The coldness did not seem to be due to any air movement, though there must have been some as the, uh, as the fire was burning gently in the grate. After a few minutes, the room temperature became comfortable again. On returning to the kitchen, we observed a new message on the computer. The message was from someone calling themselves John, and it told us that the sheriff had put Lucas in prison, apparently for communicating with us. Debbie appeared genuinely concerned at this turn of events. So this is where they find out that Lucas has now been arrested by the sheriff for speaking with the demonic spirit inside his house. Um, <clears throat> Lucas ended up being able to get back to his house somehow and send another message. And this is, this is where it gets crazy. So what we've been looking at is, I guess, I guess the technical term for it is called like a, is that Lucas? Lucas, we're here. We're here. Speak to us. We are here. We are here. <laughs> um, technically, uh, I guess the technical term is, is what's called like a time slip or a time time something. But it's it's where it's not where you're like talking to a ghost or there's like ghost activity, anything like that. This is actual people talking while they're living in each of their own respective times, right? You know what this reminds me of? Frequency. Frequency and the lake house. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I wrote those down. I was like, this, the, the, I'm, I'm totally interested in this. This is crazy. So, but this is where it gets crazy, right? So the next message they get from Lucas is it says, oh, and they didn't translate this one. Um, you I got said, this. I got this boo. Oh, you want this one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm our token uh, old English reader. Yao said, "Yao, our time you. be that's you, you. Oh, yeah. You said your time be. <laughs> you went all ebonics with it. You said your time be. You said your time be 1985. Me thought you were all alls from 2109, like your friend whom didst bring Leem's boist prey. 2109. So How they get 2109 out of that?" So this is this is what they found out. Um, Leem's Boist was the name that Lucas used for the computer. And then his comment mentioned that Lucas has been talking to someone else from the year 2109. Also, so 
both of their futures. Yeah. So, um, Ken takes this and he's like, I wonder if we can talk to them too. So he decides to try and speak with them. He writes a message on the computer and titled it calling 2109. Um, and this is the reply that he got from it. it says Ken, Deb, Peter, we are sorry that we can give you only two choices. One, that you either have your predicament explained in such a non-rhyme way that you may have instant understanding, but cause, but cause what should not be to happen. Or, number two, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime change the face of history. We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts directly, but give you some sort of guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same God, whatever he, it is. So kind of like back to the future, like not mess with your destiny, but, yeah. but you guys have a bigger purpose, right? Yeah. Um, or like John Connor. So th- this is this like ups the ante for everything. They're talking to Lucas, who's in the 16th century. And now they're talking to a group of people in the 22nd century they're telling them that they're going to change the face of history and they have no idea like what's going on. Um, Peter uh, had ended up previously speaking with the librarian. He asked to find all the books that Lucas had mentioned in some of his messages and she was able to find every one. And all those books that he mentioned would have been contemporary books for the time Lucas was in like around the 1520s. So all the things that Lucas is saying, like he's actually telling the truth now, not trying to test them. And they're able to start verifying some things. Um, a couple of SPR agents, John Bucknall and Dave Welch met with Ken, Debbie and Peter and admitted from the very get go that they were skeptical of the whole thing. And he straight up told Ken and Debbie that they're the prime suspects for this thing all being a hoax, like initially out the gate. And they're supposed to be like the Society for Psychical Research or whatever. But it seems like they're not having that much of an open mind even going into this. Um, They came to the house. They set up some microphones to record in the kitchen. They taped all the doors and windows, waited for two and a half hours while they sent Ken out to the pub. And Debbie stayed there. Um, Don't know why they made him leave. Uh, But they ended up getting no messages. He had to go drink Um, a a drunk... um drunk majestic um, buffalo yeah that's what he went to go yeah. get um so they ended up with no messages no findings <clears throat> so they left um then we get to may of 1985 the poltergeist activity kept growing debbie came home to find all the furniture in the cottage stacked against the wall um so this just it's her statement of what happened she got scared she um opened the door saw all the stuff stacked and said, nope, walked out and slammed the door. Um, what I would do. Yeah, because she said she didn't She didn't know what to do. Um, then we get to June. June 3rd, um, SPR came back to the college. They didn't put any microphones up. They just taped the windows and doors. They all went to the pub for like three hours. They came back, no messages again. So for some reason, they can't get any messages when these people are actually trying to research this. Um, but then Ken and Debbie also hadn't spoken with Lucas in a while. They found out that he's been locked in the prison cell waiting trial for witchcraft. So 
Ken has started to feel kind of a friendship. They actually like him and Lucas became pretty good friends during this whole thing. In his mind, he felt that he needed to help him. So he was going to try and write a message to the sheriff. So um, Ken sends this. It says, Lucas is a good man and should not die. We are not devils, but we have power. Lucas must not die, but must be set free to return to his house. Then we will speak with you as friends. We too are fearful for your soul if Lucas does die at your hand. So he kind of like played the whole demon side a bit just to try and get Lucas out. And it ended up working. The sheriff immediately released Lucas. Um, while Lucas was in prison, though, he finds out that um, I think the guy's like Gravenor or something like that has been trying to buy his land. Um, and he's still going to be going through with buying this land, even though Lucas is now out of prison. He's not on trial anymore. Um, so Lucas finds out he has to leave by November, which that means their conversations will end for good. Um, in August of 85, Ken and Debbie decided this is too much. We're going to take a break from all this. So they end up going on vacation and they come back. And when they come back, they they're kind of refreshed and stuff. So they decide let's ask Lucas if he's having any of this like weird poltergeist type activity like we are. So they asked him, do small platters and knickknacks move without your touch? Lucas wrote back and confirmed that things in his house were moving around and that it was not him who had moved things in Ken's house. They both decided the most likely person to be doing it was 2109. That's what I was going to say. And they both talked about not trusting them. So Ken decides we need to find a different way to communicate because he thinks that they've also been messing with the messages that they're sending back and forth, right? So he decides to try and use pen and paper because the picture worked before, right? He was able to see the, the picture. So he uses pen and paper to contact him and it worked. And Lucas wrote, you have my name in your book. It is also the place of Peter's house. So that, that was just part of the message they wrote back. But this is telling him, I haven't been using my real name, but you do have it. It's in your book. And it's the place of Peter's house. Peter lived in the village of Haywarden, which is where uh, Ken taught at the school. And Ken and, a- and Ken and Peter were able to figure out that Lucas's real name was Thomas Haywarden. And he went to Bray's Nose in 1530. They found record of all this. 1530, and he was expelled in 1538 for expunging the name of the Pope in some of the curriculum. Then we get to September of 1985, and 2109 decided to make contact again. Ken woke up and found the computer had been placed on the in the bathroom and on the kitchen counter there was a message written in chalk. And it this is weird too. I have no idea what this means, but it says one more chance. Measure frequency by plus 2 energy. What else other than sound and light? Made no sense to to Ken or Debbie or Peter. Um but they also wrote a message on the computer. And um, it talks about them being mad that uh, Ken and Thomas, who is who was Lucas, but now his, his actual name has uh, come up as Thomas, were going behind their back and writing messages with pen and paper. And it said, Ken, Deb, Peter, we have reason to believe you have Lucas Wayneman's true name. If this is correct, you must say so, 
so that we may rectify the problem immediately before it is accepted. So 2109 also in the message, that was just part of it, but in the message, they said that they were the ones allowing communication between uh, Ken and Thomas and Ken didn't like speaking with them, but SPR found out that he was also talking to these people now and they decided they wanted to switch the investigation to communication with 2109. Um, Ken agreed. SPR asked 10 questions to 2109 that Ken and Deb had never seen. They typed them into the computer without Ken and Deb there, waited 40 minutes, erased them so that they would have no way of knowing what the questions were, waited for a response, and didn't get one until four days later. And the response that they got said, David, John, which David and John were the SPR researchers. David, you interfere with communication. Next time you decide to perform your little experiment, you must be clear. From here, we suggest you try someone else to sit with Debbie. Yes, we are what you would call a tachyon universe, but your understanding is incorrect. We ask nothing more of you than to carry on as you would prefer. We will have John present if given choice, or you may bring another as mentioned. No, it is no concern to us that this is not proved. We will give you a plotting of a star next time. We move at a speed so that we cover every point in your time and universe. We have no form. We feed off a neat energy that you will not have heard of. 2109. Um, so SPR ends up taking the computer from the house, wants to check and make sure it's not hacked at all. Um, and then they decided to write new questions with their own computer. Um, Ken and Thomas, they just kept talking using the pen and paper. Um, they found out that 2109 had been editing some of their messages and making up other ones entirely. So some of the messages, I'm assuming like the poem, maybe the first message that so made no sense. So editing the messages from LW and Ken? Yes. Okay. Um, but Ken was able to clear all of the inconsistencies up in earlier messages when he was having trouble like trying to figure things out and find actual facts from back then and it wasn't working out after talking with the pen and paper he was able to clear all those inconsistencies up um eventually spr became uninterested in the case ken debbie and peter decided hey let's go to a newspaper so that we can get the story out and see if there's anyone else that wants to come check this out because we really still have no idea what's happening except that they can talk to people from a different time. They want to figure out why. Um, so the Chester Observer published a story and they mostly remained unbiased either way, like kind of just put it out there as it was. Didn't say like, this is definitely them talking to someone in the past and didn't bash them at all either. Um, but the writer was actually able to track down uh, John and Dave from SPR and ask why they lost interest in the case. And they said, we did not get a specific answer. We got a generalized commentary accusing us of not believing in what was going on. We got waffle. Clearly, if this case is a hoax, then the two teachers are prime suspects. I believe it is also possible that a third party was responsible. I would have loved to prove it was genuine. It would have been the most unique phenomenon ever recorded. Something or someone is doing it. It was not the job of the SPR to point the finger. Um... So that happened. Um, 
they didn't really generate any more interest in it. Um, but then 2109 decides to come in and try and help them out and sent them this message. We ask you to do the following. There's a brilliant researcher, ufologist. We know you don't like the word. His name is Gary M. Rowe. His ideas differ somewhat to yours, but nevertheless, he can help you with a couple of your problems. So Ken and Debbie are like, all right, we can try this out. They look up Gary Rowe. They find out that he's actually a UFO researcher that lived in Ryle in Wales. He was the founder of a group called Forward to Aquarius Paranormal and Psychical Research Organization. And he was a co-founder of the Welsh Federation of Independent UFOlogists. So 2109 gave him the name of somebody who actually was a researcher. And um, Ken, Debbie, and Peter got in contact with him. And initially, he was just as skeptical as SPR was. He said, I was certain that this was simply a windup. Some pranksters heard about my research into the weird and strange and therefore assumed I must be gullible. I must be gullible. Yeah. And easily fooled. Um, So Gary went about this a different way. He decided, okay, I'm going to take a letter, write it, seal it, leave it on the computer. And 2109 responded very quickly and told Ken to print the response, seal it in an envelope, and deliver it to Gary without looking at it. So I guess you could like click on the file and just print it, and then he wanted him to give it straight to him. Um, and then this is what Gary said after that happened. I am instructed to apologize, but in any event, I would have done so of my own volition. There will be a letter hopefully this weekend. I am also instructed to apologize to Ken and Debbie. I must try and answer your last letter. It would appear that you are more important than I had realized in the scheme of things, Gary. Um, so, oh, I already talked about this. I'm trying to figure out how they got a picture on that computer. What do you mean? Because you said it was like an old computer and it had like just yeah. like a like like a floppy disk and like just a, yeah. very small like, but like. So it was basically like you said, it's a typewriter. So I, I don't know how you get a picture on there. Oh, no, it was a magazine. He cut it out from a magazine, just set it on the computer. Oh, he just set it on. Okay, yeah. literally. So it was an actual picture. Yeah. Literally on the computer. Not Okay. Not <laughs> in. Okay. So let's see. I already talked about that. Oh, March 21st. Thomas sends his last communication. So I'm assuming this is March 21st of 86, I think. A year later. Yeah. Well, it's been technically like two years because i mean it started in august of 84 oh, okay um and it says my true fellows and sweet maid gross Viner, which is the guy that i was talking about that was buying his land has said that thomas must go i noticed for the best because the people of dalston are very wary of me gross Viner said that they will burn my old farm down and that except for him all the village despises me at least that is his view it is good to know that all will change and that there are true men to follow like Ken and Peter. Though 400 years is a long time and there is much to happen to mankind, it is sad that men must learn righteousness from their ugly ways, believing that they have to look for truth in ruthlessness and never follow a path that is for truth. I pray for my fellows at night that they are never imprisoned because of their love for their brother Thomas. Are we not true men? I say, woe to all you men 
who are not true for you are marked by God. He will not have he will not have your company, but you will walk with the beasts of Tardis forevermore. Yes, you have you that have no worth in this life. I know that I mustn't sorrow, for I cannot put these feelings to paper. But you must know that I weep and am emotional. I find it hard to write. Perhaps you will come to Oxford. Now I think there is no danger for me there, for I hear the king is very sick and all is quiet in the church. I shall go by boat from Chester to Bristol. There I will buy a horse, for mine will not go on a boat. It is as scared of water as it is scared of fives. I also weep for him. I shall try to make my stay at Brazenos, though I know I was expelled many years ago. I will write my book about my brothers and maid and of the end of Lucas and the little puppy and of our love for one another. One day you all sit down at my table for wine and meet by the river in Oxford where we shall read each other's books and laugh and we shall speak of truth and good men, watching Oxford change together forevermore. In your time my book is old, but I shall not go to my God until it is written, then we will all be truly embraced." My love to you all. I shall await you in Oxford. Thomas Haywarden. Is that his first time signing off with his real name? Yes. Okay. Um, so right after that, 2109 sends their last message. Um, so this is from 2109. There is another person to come. They will be the help we need. You will know them when they come. Thomas did eventually write his book and soon died shortly after. He placed it in a secure place. It shouldn't take too many years to find it, though he wrote it in Latin with the help of a friend that he met in Oxford. The inscription reads, me writes this in the, That's I think hope. it's hope, right? Yeah. yeah. Hope that mind flaws will one day find this book. Then, then may overlands be not see distant. Uh, we will finish now. You have a lot of work to do. There is no need for you to write back as we will, as we will have gone. Thank you for your cooperation. 2109. So that is where the story ends. Just ends like that. Just ends like that. Um, I don't know if I put it on here. Uh, actually, I have it right here. So that thing that you read on the last show and at the beginning of this one where you said like the, the flowers peeking up and all that. Yeah. That was just something random that was just posted the first message. It had nothing to do with any of this other stuff. No. Okay. I'm making sure there was um, no, no like going back to that, like clues or anything. No, not really. Um, so after all this happened, Ken went and wrote his own book. It's called the vertical plane. Uh, you can find it on Amazon if you really want to read it, but it's going to cost you some money. Last time I checked, it was about $494. Now's the time to plug our Patreon. Yeah. So, <laughs> But if, if somebody wants to buy it and send it to me, I will read it and I will report on that. Um, uh, let's see. Gary Rowe, the ufologist. So I'm I'm researching this, right? This is a cool thing that I found. I have those right here. Okay. So I'm researching this and I'm, I'm, I find this, this article about this whole thing. I get to the bottom of it. There's a bunch of comments and stuff like that. Right. Guess who commented on the article? 
Someone from Astonishing Legends? Gary Rowe okay. commented on it. So the actual guy that was the last person that they brought in to talk to him, right? Um, this is what he had to say about it. Um, th- this is actually a, a quote that he gave. This wasn't from the, the comments that I found. I have another one after this. But this is what he initially said about this whole story says, if this story had not been made public or turned into a book, I would never have spoken about it to another living soul. I sincerely wish it had not. For me, the Doddleston messages are not a story or a book. Instead, it is part of my life. One that has profoundly impacted everything I thought I knew. It changed me forever. The information gained came at a high price. I wish I was at liberty to discuss my communication with 2109. I am not a wealthy person but I believe this information I sit on could make me rich and famous. I believe I was selected due to knowing that I am a person who can be trusted to keep the secret sacred. The secret has its own built-in evidence. So that's what he had to say about the whole thing. And then when I was reading through the comments, this is one of his uh, comments. Um, Says many people are highly skeptical about the events related in the vertical plane book, which is the book that Ken wrote that I was telling you about. Quite rightly so, given the degree of strangeness, but I'm not. I had the opportunity to investigate these happenings firsthand. No, I am not some away with the fairies wishful believer. I investigated with professional detachment, not bothered what I would find, fake or fact. I left no stone unturned and used cutting-edge science to get to the truth. In fact, I believe it was the first computer-controlled psychic investigation recorded in the world i don't care two hoots if nobody ever believes it i know it really happened it changed my life forever it's going to change yours um the book should will one day be isbn record recorded under the history section it is a monumental historical marker in a ribbon of time yeah i'm looking it up right now it is $768.56. On Amazon? On Amazon. It doubled already. Um, and then I'm looking at the reviews right now. And this person says that um, this is 100% an actual book. He half expected it to be a photocopy. A third through right now. Do yourself a favor and jump on this before Mysterious Universe covers it again. Um, what's Mysterious Universe? Do you know about that? I don't know. Um, others reviewed this and said it was hard to read which I would not agree with I read it in about a week and it kept my interest and I didn't find it particularly confusing or boring um, it's gotten good reviews um, parallel universes yeah so it sounds like you said the ISBN so it sounds like this is just like a book that was put out and it's not in circulation that's why it's so expensive yeah so there's, so there's probably only like a few made yeah because an ISBN is basically like a record of if you look on the inside of your book there's an isbn number um but yeah that's weird yeah um uh ken and debbie i don't know if i said it but they did that bbc show in 1996 so like 10 years after everything happened they did that show ended up regretting it because it kind of put them out there as like crazy people and kind of tarnish the story a little bit, I think. And like that show might actually be the reason why you don't really hear about this story 
that much anymore because it was so bad. Right. Um, and then they said that they are all, uh, Ken and Debbie are still looking for the book written by uh, Thomas. They haven't found it yet. And they said that you would find it because um, mm-hmm. it says right here, it shouldn't take too many years to find it. Um, um, let's see. Oh, there's also a weird thing in, in Ken's book. Chapter 27 is mislabeled as chapter seven or chapter 23 is mislabeled as chapter seven, something like that, but it's labeled wrong. But Gary Rowe in one of his comments, he says, Hey, maybe that's not a mistake. Maybe that's part of something else. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's weird. You guys could check this out too. Uh, it's the vertical plane and it's plane like an airplane P L A N E. Yeah. Um, man, that, that sounds interesting. Cause I mean, you know, when you're talking, the first thing I thought of was um, there's a scene in the lake house with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves, where I think the, the way they communicate was through the mailbox. Yeah. And he would put something in the mailbox, close it, and he would open it right back up again. And her letter would be right there. Yeah. And so like that, or like in uh, frequency, how he's talking to his dad, it's basically same earth, different time. So basically just a parallel universe. Yeah. So, I mean, those are crazy. Now, are they, were they able to talk throughout any other form of medium as away from that computer or was it only through that computer pen and paper at the end? Right. But it had to be near that computer, right? It had to be in a certain area of the house. Okay. Near that pillar. Yeah. Okay. So, so it was just, they used that computer for a little bit, but you know, so, so basically it's nothing, nothing was special about that computer. It was just something that they were able to use. Correct. No, because every weekend he didn't get the same exact computer. Right. The IT okay. department at his school had a bunch of them. They just let him borrow a random one every weekend. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know, but it's one of my, my favorite stories now. Yeah, I don't know that, why. I just like it. Like, what if it is all true? I'm not saying, like, I believe all this stuff. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun to think about. And, like, stories like this where there's really no conclusion to it. Like, nobody's ever proved it wrong. Right. But then again, I mean, until they find this book, like, if this book exists and they can look at it and be like, this stuff really did happen, you know? Right. Well, a lot of people say the same thing about like, you know, the Bible, you know, yeah. it's like, but they have more proof with that, you know, like of, we talked about this on a past episode, like actual evidence and like physical things yeah. that prove it to be right. You know, it, it, but like these conspiracy things, I mean, some of them I'm like, oh, you're out of your mind. And some of them I'm like, oh, that could, I don't know. That seems pretty legit. And, and it's always fun. So isn't, like a 2109's whole thing was we can't tell you exactly what you're supposed to do, but you're going to change the world. But we, we can't interfere with you at all in trying to influence you to do this. But aren't they doing it just by saying that? Kind of. I mean, you would think, I mean, but in a way they're not telling them exactly what to do. It's not like they're like, just stay away from gluten. You know, they're like, but, I think but Ken, and, this, Ken and Debbie's purpose 
they think it, it it talks about this a little bit in some other some other parts of the story that I was reading. They think their purpose is to find the book. So that's that's what they've been focused on for the last since 1986. So one of the book is in that pillar. That'd be weird. But he said he hid it in Oxford. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But actually, it says he it says he wrote it in Latin with the help of a friend that he met in Oxford. Did he say he hid yeah. it there or just wrote it there? Um, I don't know. Tell you what this does do, though. Makes me glad to know that the world is the end of my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be there for the end, though. I know. This, this, this also reminds me of uh, that movie Knowing with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, with those numbers that were written down um by a little girl way back in the day, and she put it in a um, what do you call it? A uh, time capsule. And then years down the road, like the kids open it, and they each got to keep a piece, and then his son or his daughter kept a piece and of it. And there's all these weird numbers, and the numbers actually line up with historical dates and like fatalities. So it like predicted like plane crashes. I think it predicted 9-11 and all that stuff. And it was actually, you know, spoiler alert, it predicted the end of the world. And huh. it was just really, really weird. It was, it was, it's a, it's a, it's one of my daughter's favorite movies. It's, it's pretty good, but man, that was some research, dude. I know. I hope I portrayed it in a way that kept it interesting. Cause I think you did. It was a lot of information and reading my notes and, reading quotes and stuff but don't lie he, he was act, that was all in his head he there was no notes whatsoever well, it, the notes were bullet points so i had to make up some words you know yeah like straight reading thou hath thou yeah. shall king james but hopefully with your editing skills you can <laughs> remove the crying child in the background and add some interesting stuff into it uh, i wish i could add <laughs> remember for a dollar a day you could shut those kids up in the background i'm just glad they're having happy fun meal. i'm just glad they're having fun i miss your kids but that was good stuff man yeah i, I mean the, that's gonna be a hard one for me to uh um, compete with when i do my mothman thing yeah we should do that soon yeah, I was. I was. Is there an anniversary coming up soon for it or something? Mm, I don't know. Uh, forget when that happened. I mean, I, I, I did have other things that I was going to talk about, but I'm going to save them for another day. Uh, like things that I did over the weekend that are, I think, pretty interesting. But there, there's a lot of like weird paranormal type things like this way. Now, where did you first hear about this story? It was on a podcast. Which podcast? Chiluminati. Okay. Um, and then just they, to... they, I will give it to them. They're probably a lot more funny when they went over the story, but they're very not kid friendly. So do not right. listen to that podcast with your kids. Right. Most of the funny parts are because they're not kid friendly. So it's like they have the, all their hosts are handy. Yeah, basically. Uh, some, I got to give credit to some of the, Oh, I don't have it on here. It's on my computer. Oh, I was just going to say real quick. Uh, when Wilson was saying UFO, um, that's something that I think majority of people could agree with that do exist. UFOs do <laughs> exist because that's just an unidentified flying object. That's not believing in aliens. That's just a uh, something that w- it's as unidentified. Un- you can't identify it. So like 
you know, like the B2 bomber or whatever was people didn't know what that was when it first came out. People didn't know what airplanes were, you know? So, I mean, they're just unidentified is all they are. So, uh, don't, don't think we're talking about little green men. They're grays, not green. Sorry. Um, so some of the, the places I went to, I, I used three main websites um, and then kind of Wikipedia and some random things too. But the three main ones, the big one was uh, darkhistories.com. They are a podcast, I'm pretty sure, but um, they, they do a podcast on this. And then it had some like notes from their show. I don't know if it's exactly, I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I don't know if Is it's the one exactly word for word. Ghost in the machine. Yes. Yeah. I have that pulled up on my other computer right now. Um, so that's the main, that's really the, the, the main place where I could get information from like the whole story. Um, so got to give credit to them. And then Merc, I don't even know how to say it. Mercury, Merkin? Merc, Mercurius politicus.wordpress.com. They have an article on there about it, but it's from like back in 2010. This Dark Histories one is more recent. And then uh, I used Ozzy.com. They do some weird stories on there. So I found it on there. Yeah, check it out. And Illuminati was the main reason that I got interested in this. So. Yeah, that's good stuff. I wonder if Astonishing Legends, I wonder if they know anything about this. You should email them. Say, hey, can you can you guys cover this? Hold on a second. I think I think on their last episode they mentioned something about it. The crop circle one? Yeah. I don't know. I know they mentioned something else, but not um I, oh. I feel like I've heard them mention something about it before because it, maybe it was when they talked about John Titter and all that, the time traveler. Right. It might have been then, but I'm pretty sure they've mentioned something about it. I can't remember, though. I can always send them an email or, or it'll probably end up going to um, what was her name? Tess. Yeah, it'll probably go to her. So I could just say like, hey, did you guys ever cover this? Because because sometimes they cover. The oh whole... no! They talked about the vertical plane book. That's what it was in the last, the last podcast. Okay, that was a so good they one. Know by the about way. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you haven't listened to that one yet, listen to it. it it's pretty good. It, it's who knew crop circles could be so interesting. Yeah, and how long ago they actually started forming? Yeah, I thought it was a thousands of years ago. Yeah, and and majority of them are over near Ireland. Am I right with with saying that Ireland or? It's oh, so it's not no, here. It was, it was England. England, yeah, yeah. And they're all like not too far from Stonehenge. Yeah, which I'm like, well, yeah, go figure. <laughs> so, cool, man, dude. Thanks for doing that. That's awesome. It was fun. I'm uh, I'm gonna have a field day editing that. Actually, you know what's funny is there's very little I gotta edit on that. You gotta take out the long pauses. Ow, I always. I always uh, take that out. Yeah. I always take the long pauses out, but it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be good though. Cause you don't have me cutting you off every five minutes. God, Tommy, shut up. You could have asked questions the whole time, you know? No, I know. I mean, I, you were right when I had a question, you would answer it. Oh, you're you're that good. I knew it. I should have left some stuff out. So that you could. <laughs> no, I, I, I wish there was a way I could, uh, I mean, maybe I can't. I don't know if I could save 
the uh the the chat. Oh, I can't it save does. the chat. It when I when I recorded last time it saved everything, the chat, the audio and the video. Yeah, well, cuz that, that way I, I was going to post that into the show notes, but I don't know how people read the show notes. <laughs> Let us know. Do you read the show notes? Post one of the small quotes on like Instagram or something. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Like the one that has King a teaser. James. I'll do the King James one. And then you can put a picture of LeBron up there. <sighs> that guy. <laughs> so cool, man. Man, I, I let us know what you think of this. If if you if you if you like this sort of thing, if you think it's interesting and want to know more, it doesn't have to necessarily be this story or this type of story. It could be anything eerie or creepy or just something that just gets the 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 brain juices flowing. Let us know because this is right up mine and Wilson's alley right here. We, we love this stuff. And in, in, even though, you know, some of it might seem a little hokey or whatever, it's still fun to talk about. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's always fun to speculate because there's a lot of things though, like way back in the day where they're like, like, Oh, there's, yeah, that's, that's false. That's fake or whatever that turned out to be true. Um, like MK ultra yeah. that like really happened. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's no way the government is doing mind control no they are <laughs> they, they, it's proven that they did do that so um oh i hear crying right now you got hurt now they're i mean someone got showed the people's elbow <laughs> <laughs> so awesome dude good job um looking forward to putting this out and hearing hearing the fine folk um comment you know, on it what's that comment on it oh yeah so cool so um yeah we want to thank um i mean that's all i got you have anything else that's it okay um wanted to thank msr arms uh for allowing us to do this and for providing it and just for being downright awesome uh you make sure you use offer code WTH five at checkout for 5% off your entire purchase. Don't um, add the crying into it. Yeah. That's the new, that's their new um, jingle. MSR arms. <laughs> it's, it's like, Oh, Oh, O'Reilly auto parts. And he goes, ow, but it's your daughter in the background crying. Yeah. Um, Thin line brewing, of course, for, for providing the, uh, um, the drunk, drunk majestic, majestic buffalo. buffalo, buffalo, Mark yeah. buffalo. Um, you know, and then go, you know, make, go say hi to them, go in there, but don't wander around like a drunk, majestic Buffalo. No. You get made fun of. Yeah. Um, and you can listen to us on uh, pretty much any podcast platform, Spotify, um, Apple podcast, Podbean, Amazon, Google play, iHeartRadio, radio, tune in Pandora, wherever you're listening. If you just give us a good review, it helps us just be more marketable and searchable. We don't see a dime from it helps the algorithm um but we don't it doesn't like put money in our pocket it just helps promote the show it's it's uh the least you could do um social media (laughs) yeah social media um facebook instagram youtube untapped go on untapped that's where we review all our beers all of our beers are on there and uh with some good pictures, by the way, too. And, and let us know what you think of those pictures. That's all Wilson. He's like a, he's like I'm a modern a day. And he's a modern day Ansel Adams. Yeah. More like, 
Hansel Adams. <laughs> <laughs> um, that Hansel's so hot right now. Hansel. Um, give us a call at 916-259-3030. Or you hey, can your text that number. Message. Oh, she did. Yeah. You haven't looked? I I I know. Was it a text? Yeah, she sent us a text and then sent us a picture. Uh, oh, I oh, it was today. And, and a couple days ago. She wanted to see if it worked. Okay. It what what was her message? You can't see it? Oh, I can see it. Yeah. Let's see. You both were talking about another movie. Yes, 1963. Oh, they do go head to head. Okay. She's talking about, we were talking about Godzilla and Kong. This episode has not come out yet. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the one that broke. That's the one that broke. Um, so uh, I said, did K- K- King Kong and Godzilla ever fight each other before? Because you and I, w- we don't know about a lot of those things. And she says, yes, in 1963, they did go head to head. In a, uh, it was the King Kong versus Godzilla movie. Um, and that's what she said. She switched it around, or they switched it around. I mean, oh, it's oh, it's Godzilla versus Kong in the new one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that episode has not come out yet. But how how would she know? We talked about it in the episode before it, and oh, and was... probably the last episode too. So, oh, no. dude, you know what it is? Huh? Donaldson messages, dude. Oh, twenty one oh nine told her she's in a new time area, dude. That's what's yeah. up, dude. I knew it was real. See, this is why we we bring it to I'm, you. I'm talking to you in the future. You, yeah, it's it's seven forty five here. No, it's and not. It, it's still grim. It's four forty five here. Yeah, I know. So, so you're in the past. Yeah, I just got that message. That's cool. But yeah, folks, it works. Just text us and let us know if if, if you have a comment. Let us know exactly which episode you're referring to because we have like, even though this is episode 66, we have like 80, almost 90 episodes out because we had those breakout shows. Um, there's a lot. People, some We have uh, some first-time listeners that are just like talking about like episodes a long time ago and jelly beans and not knowing what we're talking about. And, you know, we're like, oh, okay, you know, be part. I mean, we want to communicate, you know, but we, we don't know sometimes what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, good stuff right there. Yeah. But you can also, so that same number, you could leave a voicemail or text. doesn't matter. I, I'm a personally, Actually, I'm a text guy. I don't know if they can leave voicemail. I don't think we set it up yet. We set it up when we were there. No, we didn't. I thought we did. I don't think we did. Well, I'll try calling it and leaving a message. Cause, cause I remember the, like the first couple episodes we did, I, called I know, in. but I think it got removed for some reason because oh, because we changed the name, we pulled it off of there. Oh, yeah. thanks, Jam. Yeah, how's your JC. podcast doing? Isn't it JC? JC, I don't care what his name is. <laughs> JC from DC, he knows who he is. I think he listens because there's only one person listening in DC. Because I can see the algorithm, I can see the statistics. Yeah, and I don't know anybody in DC. Me neither. So someone's listening. So hi, our podcast is getting more listeners than yours. <laughs> so shots fired. I guess I can't say that now, can I? Someone might get hurt and offended and then yeah. cancel us. Yeah. 
Uh, that's all. all right. We'll, we'll go on to Trump's platform when he really. Heck yeah, it. man. That's that's gonna be interesting. Um, but uh, you know, if, if you're not phone savvy or whatever, uh, you can email us at the real WTH show at gmail.com as well. And good stuff, man. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm really excited about hearing that again when I do the edit. Hopefully it sounds coherent and nah, chronological. You, you, sounded, you sounded good, dude. It's a borderline sexy. Okay. So, I mean, that kid in the background, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out, but you know. she just, she wants to be on the show so bad that she just decides to yell in the background. Yeah. So we'll be doing a review on uh, that book once uh, we finish reading it. And then next couple of weeks or so we'll be doing a then review. We'll be getting the author on as a guest. Dude, I hope <laughs> just ask. Remember? I'm afraid I gotta do. I'm going to get starstruck. Ask. All right. Be like, remember that time you wrote the circle? Yeah, that's cool. That was cool. Yeah, dude. I, I there's people that I talk to like all the time, like musicians that are pretty popular, and I'll just send a message, be like, "Hey, man, that new album sounded good." And then he's like, "Hey, thanks, man." I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder if I could just get him on the show," but I'm like too afraid to ask. <laughs> like, like Rob Zombie's drummer. I'm all, I'm all, hey, Ginger, like dude your toms was sounding really really good on the album he's all thanks dude i'm like <sighs> i got ask so many the, questions for ask you. the ai if if they'll come on the show yeah yeah it's kurt kurt cobain's ghost i remember i gotta i gotta out this guy real quick um <laughs> so so brandon his, his cousin uh he got like a nirvana shirt and he does not listen to nirvana okay and Brandon calls him out. And he goes, "Dude, you're wearing that shirt. You don't even know what you don't even know what they sing. You don't even know. You can't even name a song." He goes, "Yeah, I can." He's like, "Name it." He goes, "You know that song? Here we are now. Entertain us." <laughs> I'm like, "Oof, that's not the name of the song, dude. That's just the lyric. Oh, you know, total cringy, dude." Smells like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, smells like someone doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, sounds like smells like someone's a poser yeah so uh yeah dude that's all i got um hopefully uh the we glitched a little bit um but i think we could recover from it so i think so i think your kids were watching the old uh wandavision or something troll hunters Mm. so cool man well that's all I got. So until then, later's on the men, Jay. I will talk to you then, or I will talk to you another time. Jobin. Stop. Stop it! Ooh, Ooh that's quick. Okay, quick. Okay, now let me hit record. <laughs>